One of the things that motivates me as a coach is helping people process things in a healthy way instead of punishing themselves or clenching or like forcing themselves into situations because I know how bad that road can turn out. I don't want anyone else to be developing health issues that are related to stress that you're going through right now. Yeah, I have, you know? I have multiple friends who also ha are, have similar issues because of not processing or dealing with trauma. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Good morning, Claire, and welcome to another episode of X-Files, everyone. How's Yay. the new year going so far? How's your new year going so far, Claire? Oh my god, so good. I, yeah, I think I'm like one of like two people in the world, probably just the two of us who are like 2022 is the year. <laughs> oh really? Are yeah, I think vibes? everyone else is like, we're gonna tread lightly. We're not gonna make oh, much yeah. noise. We are gonna just be grateful for being here, mm -hmm. um, and we are not gonna make any claims about this being yeah. our year. Yeah, which that's definitely you know, that's different fine. from last year. <laughs> everyone was like, yeah, let's put 2020 behind us. You know, and that may still happen. Um, but I, I for I'm me, really I'm. I'm staying i'm feeling great and yeah it's a good time for podcasting it. i think um, oh, it's a good time for exiles house um you know so we're good no matter yeah, we are no matter what happens <laughs> as long as we have internet and power we are like all of yeah. my plans can still go forward this year <laughs> yeah true story true story yeah. also if you want to integrate some of what we're about to talk about on today's episode, accountability can go a really long way in developing new habits or experimenting with new practices and finding what works for you. So contact us in the DMs to get information about how to work with us one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, let's get into it. Today's a great episode um, that we're excited to share, and it's our five favorite healing practices that we use Yay. in our fairly Personal everyday lives, lives. basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is how we became the women that we are today. <laughs> um, so why are we doing this? Being proactive is a big part of healing. So just as with any injury, when we take efforts to heal our heart, we see it strengthened little by little, day by day. So being proactive about our healing also allows us to build self-trust, which in turn helps to build self-confidence. Mm -hmm. So healing practices are one way to do that. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of questions that begin with, what should I do if, mm -hmm. or how do I start to move on? And the question, the answer to these questions is to commit to a healing practice and use it to release the breakup or the situation and heal in a way that leaves you even stronger. When we are in the midst of a stressful, painful, or otherwise intense situation in life, it can be very hard to see the forest for the trees. And the practices or healing modalities that might be most effective can be really hard to see. People feel stuck and they don't know what to do. So it can be really helpful for others to point out places where we might start. Yeah. Because you will not think of them when you are feeling so stressed and heartbroken. You'll just keep on thinking, I just, I can't get out of this. Yeah, exactly. Also my coaching works. 
Yeah, that's a huge reason why coaching works. Um, I think a lot of the people I talk to, like they know, like they know what they're, they should be doing, but it helps to have someone sit down with them and be like, yes, even in your unique situation, this is going to help and we should do this. Um, and I think one reason, I know speaking for myself, one reason I started becoming a coach in the breakup area is because it's such a huge opportunity for change and opening up the doors to a new way of living and walking through the world. And I think, you know, change is very hard and we humans often only change when we feel like we have no other choice because we just like, I can't stay the same. And I think the breakup um, chapter of a lot of our lives is when that kind of happens. Yeah, so for sure. yeah, yeah. Um, and healing practices are a great way to add depth, meaning, joy, and to start manifesting a new chapter afterwards. So these practices both helped us heal from breakups and other challenging situations in life. So grab a notebook and let's get started. Janice is going to go first sharing right. her five top ways to heal. So our, yep, our five healing practices. First of all, one of my favorite ones is walking, <laughs> um, especially, well, almost exclusively um, outdoor walking. Yeah. So I come back to this over and over again on the podcast because it was just that effective for me. And I know how effective it can be for general healing. I've seen it help so many people and it's helped me a ton, a ton, a ton. I kind of picked this up as a practice when I was living in Bali and really, really struggling with being alone, not knowing what to do with myself, mm -hmm. processing a lot of things that had happened in my life. And I just started walking and walking and walking. And then I became a step counter, which just kind of makes it a little more fun. Um, you know, that is going to totally resonate with some people and some people not at <laughs> all, but I am very goal oriented. And so I really like counting, counting my steps and it, it helps in so many ways. It helps you get fresh air. It helps you to process things. It helps you to be alone with your thoughts thoughts. It helps you to process things while you move your body. Mm -hmm. And it's been almost life-changing for me. So first I started doing it when I was in Bali, which was really great. That's, that's a great place to walk, except you get really sweaty because it's <laughs> very humid, but even that, you know, I was really moving things through me. Yeah. And then I kind of lost it uh, for a while. Um, when I went back to Australia, my life was so hectic. Um, yeah, I kind of forwent a lot of my practices and then I picked it back up a little while later. I had a lot of bad things go on in my life. I wouldn't say happened to me, but that went down <laughs> in my life. And <laughs> at one point, you know, I, I went on a vacation and I was able to step away from everything. And again, I started walking as part of my trip. And I mean, I went on huge, long walks. And for the first time in so many months, I was alone, which I hadn't been. I was spending a lot of time with people. I was moving my body and I just started processing things and just 
ultimately coming to the conclusion that, you know, I needed to regain control over my life. And because I had processed and gotten so many realizations while I was on these walks from then on out, it just became a daily part of my life. So um, I work with my clients on this. I encourage everyone to do it. Try three walks a week. I probably take three a day. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I go in the mornings and then weather permitting, well, yeah, weather permitting, I go in the morning. I'm not, I didn't go this morning. It's 25 yeah. degrees outside. Um, yeah. But yeah, typically I go in the morning and then I go in the afternoon as well. And then additionally, I walk a lot of places for transportation and that just helps me to keep my head clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking is one of mine as well. So we're going hey. to like... Mm-hmm skip ahead slightly to me um so for me one of my big interests is in like how the body and the brain communicate when processing big emotions and walking is huge for that i think you know there's uh there's a lot of research behind like movement as being something like some sort of agency you can take over a situation yeah, that that's such a good that point, Claire. didn't have yeah that you didn't have control over in the time you weren't able to have that agency which a lot of times breakups happen in ways that we wish they hadn't and that we weren't yeah. able to change despite our best efforts um and so like walking is like a low impact gender way of like physically like I think as you're walking and as you're progressing through different neighborhoods or different trails or wherever you are you know there's movement happening with your body but you're also moving forward in that gentle way in your mind as well and processing like there's a reason why yeah I think a lot of people are going to list walking as something that really helped them process something really big in their life. Um, And also, I think, you know, it's just really like a gentle way of like exercising your exploration muscle. Um, Yes. And and this is one of my most, my favorite parts about it right now is, you know, I live in a really cool city and what I love to do on the weekends is I'll go to a new area and just walk and walk and walk. Sometimes I'll get all of my steps in just by going on one of these excursions. And I know I come back sometimes and I feel like, I remember I texted you once and I was like, I feel like I just had a massage. I just came in from my Sunday walk. And you know, it's, it's that therapeutic for, for some people. Um, Even if I'm not healing, I, I think it's great for breakups. And I would say, if you're feeling stuck, physically get up and and walk I guarantee it'll help but uh, now I you know I'm not necessarily healing um from a breakup but I have to walk regularly to keep the cobwebs clear yeah I feel like things kind of pile up mentally like I I I don't know I just I gain a lot of clarity and clear focus when I make sure to walk every day yeah there's that TikTok trend where um, I'll have to send you one, Janice, yeah, but it's uh, it's um, it's like this really upbeat, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun like song, and mm-hmm. like the video is always someone like stomping with like a <laughs> like unhappy look on their face, and it's like going for my stupid little mental health walk, <laughs> or stupid little walk for my stupid little mental health, and it's like 
anyway it's just it's cute and funny but it is also very true like i think it does keep the cob the cobwebs clear um and like you're releasing some nice feel-good hormones um and also if you can get somewhere green anywhere yeah. green whether it's a park or if mm. you do have a trail near you um if you have the beach near you go there um yeah. like nature therapy is a big thing like it reminds yeah. you like that the world is actually mother nature you know it's like yeah for, uh, yeah, for sure if you can get in some nature do it I think yeah. being outside in general you're still going to get a lot of the benefits but yeah, yeah add add to it by getting around more and more trees if yeah. it sounds too intimidating for you because you are hurting so much for your breakup still do it I think it, this is where listening to a podcast can come in handy while you kind of get used to doing it so that you don't have to dwell on yeah. on the breakup and then the more you do it the more you're going to probably want to go into your thoughts but yeah and if you have mobility issues as well find something that is gentle for you that um is is like an equivalent for you to walking so you're yeah. like outside you're breathing good air but you're not pushing yourself super 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 hard you're you know it's a gentle level um for your body and for mm -hmm. your mind um but yeah uh you know i i think you know your body best so if walking is an option um you know think about what could be a corollary cor corollary for you <laughs> correlated i don't know <laughs> yeah Yep. Yeah. Really, really good point. So healing practice number one to integrate into your week. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Healing practice number two that I suggest and that I use. Oh, my desire inventory. I chose desire inventory over general journaling, which I also use um, because I've talked a lot about journaling on the show. I even did an episode about it, um, but I haven't focused as much on the desire inventory itself. Although I did cover it in our awesome episode, episode 78, which is using your breakup to manifest a new beginning. Go check that out. So how does this work? Why it works for breakups specifically when people are struggling with a breakup, they often not also are also struggling with putting themselves first. Yeah. A, I, I know that from talking to people about it each day, yeah. a big part of putting yourself first is learning to listen to your intuition, which is about learning to listen to what your body and soul want and need to feel good. This is something that you learn over time, getting into the practice of asking for what you want will help these messages become more clear with time <laughs> yeah. break up brain. It can prevent us from having a clear idea about what is next in life or what we want to be next in life. Although yeah. we say again and again that a breakup is an opportunity for a new beginning, I do understand that it can probably be frustrating, if not meaningless, for someone who just wants to stop hurting. And we're coming on here and saying, yay, <laughs> you know, let's write the next chapter of life. Yeah. It can be really hard to know where to start when you're in pain. Again, yeah. why we're doing this episode, this practice can serve as a great jumping off point. So just to refresh everyone's memory, how you do the desire inventory is get a journal, a physical journal and a timer and the pen of your choice <laughs> for, I would say, start with 10 to 15 minutes of journaling with writing the same 
beginning of the sentence over and over. I desire, I desire, and then end the sentence with what you desire and just keep on going until the end of the timer. And don't look at the timer. I promise you it goes by faster than you would think. If you're just starting this practice and it's really hard for you to come up with something, then just keep on writing the words I desire, mm-hmm. I desire. And then after you write it a few times, something new will come to you. Mm-hmm. I did this practice every day for 15 minutes for two months when I was living in Bali and kind of in a bad place. And it really turned things around for me. I now I don't do it daily. Now I will often find myself wanting to do it on a Sunday when I'm trying to kind of figure out what I want my goals and my intentions for the week to be. So yes, definitely recommend this, especially for healing from a breakup. Mm -hmm. Healing practice number three. Yay. Spending time alone. Yes, this can be a very effective healing practice. (laughs) I don't think people think of it this way, but it it is. For me, spending time alone helped me to smooth out the rough spots in my personal development. It helped me to gain understanding on the various non-desirable circumstances in my life and take responsibility for them. Until I started doing this, I was just kind of living in this victim mentality where all I could think about all day were my problems and how I didn't didn't know how I was going to sort any of this out and just everything. It was so fucking intense. Yeah, because you're reacting only. You're you're only reacting if you don't give yourself time to like actually be alone and, and discern what you think yeah how you feel about things mm-hmm. how you would like things to be and instead you're just like really bouncing off of everyone else around you yeah and that it made me feel really powerless as well because I didn't take the time to stop and think about my role in creating the problems and therefore my role in getting out of it it I just I felt like I had no say over, over my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, so uh, spending time alone helped me to gain a lot of clarity about that. It helped me to gain clarity about what I wanted out of life. For the first time, I actually started to see that I had the ability to change things. Yeah. It led me to build a huge amount of self-trust that I still have to this day. It helped me to rebuild my confidence after having a couple of really (laughs) devastating blows to it. I, yeah, I felt so unwanted and just like, un uh, I don't want to say unattractive, but I, yeah, I just, I didn't feel lovable really. Yeah. And it helped me to find joy in every moment, which Yay. is one of the first, like most things that I'm still most excited about. So how to do it. Sometimes the more uncomfortable you are with spending time alone, the more opportunity for growth there is. So yeah, listen to that. I know there's people <laughs> out there who don't want to do this. You yeah. might, you might, you know, find that you have the most expansive experience with it. I had no idea how much I'd lost my ability to figure out how to be happy until I began to do this. To start, you might want to think about what makes you so uneasy when it comes to spending time alone. So it could be the weekend. I spoke with someone this week who really hates Sundays, which I totally get after a breakup, going out to eat alone, solo travel. These are the types of things that some people think are outside of their reach. 
once you select something to tackle, I suggest being quite intentional and trying to schedule in ways to spend your time, you know, kind of think about it ahead of time. For instance, on the weekend, think about what you're going to do on Sunday rather than getting up and just being like, I have no idea what to do when I'm in pain. Um, so, and then when it comes to ha- like scheduling what you want to do, I suggest including some things that are healthy distractions, especially in the beginning, you know, like maybe watching or listening to something and some things that allow you to slowly get comfortable sitting with your own thoughts, like the walking, cleaning, meditating without listening to anything else. So, Mm -hmm. and I just really want to put this out there, um, that this spending time alone and loving it has really nothing to do with being an extrovert or an introvert. And it, there's always, 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 regardless of what your personality is, there's always something to be gained by becoming good company for yourself and building a relationship with yourself through quality time. Mm. Healing practice number four. (laughs) I was just counting in my head just now. A slow and powerful morning routine. This is one of my, um, the morning practices or the healing practices that I'm most passionate about. This practice is especially helpful if you are listening to this podcast because you can't seem to get past your breakup. Welcome, first of all. (laughs) I know for me, maybe this isn't, does, might not ring true for everybody, but for me, waking up and being faced with the day ahead can be really heavy and kind of depressing when you're in the midst of a severely broken heart or recovering from a really painful breakup. You know, it's waking up in the morning is not what you want to do on some days. I really get that. Part of the reason for this is that it quickly becomes really ingrained and it creates a really powerful body memory that can be really hard to rewire. Your system is going to get really used to being in this mode each morning and it will almost become automatic. I've experienced this for sure. So taking the time to create a good foundation for your day and switching things up is one way to rewire things. And like I said, this is what happened for me. I work really closely with people on powerful morning routines. And the goal is to add things that are special, sometimes sacred. You know, I have a a practice that I consider to be part of my spiritual practice as well. And some things that are practical to help get you going. Some ideas include prayer, giving thanks, naming gratitude, meditation, special coffee, tea, or lemon water. I've done all of those things. I'm kind of on a coffee kick right now. (laughs) Creating a morning playlist. Again, this is something that's special, but also practical because it's getting you going. It's hopefully maybe it might be getting you in a different mindset, going for a walk, having a dance session, or maybe just simply creating a place where you can look out the window and think about the day ahead. Something that's calming, inspiring, energizing. Mm -hmm. And I would love to work with you to create a schedule in a way that facilitates your healing. So please get in touch with me if this lights you up in any way. So healing practice number five, dancing. I have not really talked about this a lot on the show, and yet it has something that's been a really big part of my life for years now. Yeah, probably six or seven years now. I first discovered dance as a form of therapy when I was first living in Australia. 
I was a fairly broken person after leaving a bad relationship and then living in a toxic environment for a few months. And I found though that when I changed up my surroundings, I, I started opening up. And this is one reason I tell people, see if you can switch up your environment because it can be really effective. One night I had a new friend invite me to go to something called five rhythms dancing. And my world was about to change forever, really. (laughs) Um, So you can look it up if you'd like. I'm not going to go into all the details about the five rhythms practice, but basically what it taught me is um, to kind of just surrender to my body's response to the music. And what, what happens if you can do that is that you kind of start to um, dance through your emotions. Mm-hmm. I found myself completely processing and then releasing what had happened in the, in the relationship. I had not given myself space to do that. Mm. Letting it out through movement allowed me to finally move past a lot of what had happened and to more fully own how it had felt to be mistreated by my lover, by my family. I had never had anyone give me permission to do that. Yeah. And being dancing it out, um, it it helped. I, you know, I gave myself permission, I suppose. And I healed in a really huge way. I also found myself after going a few times that I would work through other frustrations as well. Mm-hmm. If um, I'm a freelancer and I, I found that at the time, I always put myself in these really frustrating work situations with people, oh. which I, I don't anymore. I figured out how, you know, how to. Okay, good. Of... I'm like, do you have something to tell me, Janice? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. This was at, at the time, at the yeah. time. I, I now have blissful relationships with Yay. everyone I work with, but um, awesome. at the time that wasn't the case. And I found that, you know, I'd go to five rhythms and I would, you know, also process, you know, my work frustration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go to five rhythms today, primarily due to COVID, okay. um, but I have kept up my dance practice, which is why I wanted to talk about this today. Yes. I dance several times a week. What now works for me is I personally like to wait until I've completely wrapped up for the day and don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Um, and then I have a, a multiple playlist that I put, will put on to kind of get me in the zone and I'm actually going to link to one of them in the yeah, show notes that it always say, gets me it. going every single time. And then I just dance my heart out. Yeah. I think about what I'm grateful for. I let whatever comes up, come up. And sometimes I kind of get into this meditative state where I don't think about anything. Nice. And that's really great as well. Um, when you're, when you go into a meditative state, it can be, um, a really good opportunity or a good way to prepare the mind for sleep because meditation is like hitting pause on things, yeah. you know, from a law of attraction perspective, which is also what sleep is. <laughs> I typically dance for about 30 minutes or so. And then I go to bed shortly after kind of with this feeling that everything, you know, from the day is completely washed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has been helping me a lot lately, just because there's so many moving parts that, you know, dealing with the podcast and work and various things that I'm involved with. And so it helps to kind of think things through and just, you know, shake off any residual, you know, stress that, that I might have had from (laughs) navigating a crazy day. 
And I also wanted to mention that this is one of the benefits of living alone. You can can do this um, without, you know, really worrying about being seen or disturbing somebody. I'm sure you can still happily do it um, with living with someone. But for me, I like kind of having my privacy and feeling extremely uninhibited as as yeah yeah exactly um cool so we want to share a another podcast with you guys bitches witches and queers centers interviews and conversations about practical spirituality for the naturally curious heart the host and life coach and our friend Christina Carlson dives into the intimacies and spiritual practices of thought leaders, healers, and creatives to find insight on what spirituality means to different people. So Christina herself is an ex-Christian and approaches the subject with openness and creativity. And she has also had Janice on the show Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about your experience leaving Mormonism. Um, And I learned so much in that interview. So I really highly recommend this show for anyone who's interested in the spirituality topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so- think it'll resonate with a lot of our listeners who are ready for new things in life, new ways of looking at things, new ways mm. of doing things, hearing people's various stories and experiences with bringing on different, different practices. Christina's a great interviewer. She had some insights into my story that I don't think anyone had ever really um, shared with me before. And that, you know, allowed me to even look at my own history in a, in kind of a new way. I I love being on her show. It's up. I don't know the episode number, but it's called being cut off from Mormonism with Janice Formichella. If you want to hear about my story, leaving the Mormon church, Mm -hmm. otherwise go and check out bitches, witches, and, and queers today, today, (laughs) do it today. So, so Claire, I want to hear what y- you consider your top healing practices. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the ones that I'm going to share today are some of the ones that have had like the most impact on my life. Um, when you were talking about journaling, I was like, oh, crap, but we talk about that a lot. So I wanted to share like yeah, exactly that maybe we haven't shared as much about um on the podcast yet so um starting off slow <laughs> and starting off very much applicable to breakups is um an exercise that i call the thank you i'm sorry i forgive you exercise so it's a letter writing exercise that i have all of my clients do and is something that i found myself doing because when I was going through um, my big double whammy processing post breakup, um, like there were obviously so many thoughts going through my head that like, I was just, I was going in circles, like following the same tracks and being like, well, this was so amazing. So I'm like really sad that he's gone, but also like he kind of sucked because of this. And I think he needs to know this. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it it just would go in circles where, you know, I'd start to feel like in one minute, just slightly better. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely better off now, but also <laughs> I miss my friend. And like, That's a breakup just, like, for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a breakup. And so 
what this exercise does is it divides it up so you can focus just on just on the gratitude so just on the thank you you write you know a letter to your ex um never to be sent i would recommend never sending it you yeah, can burn it afterwards out. <laughs> it for reference for you to reread um and this can all be done as many times as you want but like that thank you letter you just focus on all the things that you're actually grateful for the relationship for you're grateful for your ex for showing you like you know like thanks for introducing me to country music blah 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 um you know just all the things that are running through your head that you're like you miss or you're sad about um and then uh, for the I'm sorry, this one, some people have lots to say and some people are like, I'm not sorry for anything. And that's fine too. But um, yeah. sometimes uh, I think myself included, we hold kind of regrets about maybe how we acted or, you know, um, maybe even things that were happening in the relationship that we th feel like partly responsible for like causing the relationship and the things that we like that keep us up at night where we're like, oh, I really wish I hadn't done that, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what the I'm sorry letter is for is when you're actually apologizing for those things and you can focus just on the things that you're like, yeah, I want to be better about this in the future with someone new. But, um, you know, like, hey, I acknowledge that I could have done better in these areas and I'm sorry um and then the third one is i forgive you so that's the the things where it's like actually you sucked in these ways and you know forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting it doesn't mean that it's okay it doesn't mean that any of these things are acceptable in your life but it does it it i think what forgiveness for me means is you're acknowledging the humanity in someone else the yeah. fact that they can make mistakes I, just like you do it doesn't make those mistakes okay. I like that you're saying for you. Yeah. Um, because I just think that forgiveness is so unique to each person. Yeah. And that there's so many people out there that are saying, this is forgive. This is what forgiveness means. This is why you must do it. This yeah. is how you do it. And it's just, you, it, it's, it's so unique and it means something different to each person. So yeah. I love that as a coach, you're saying, you know, this was yeah. your experience with it. We should do an episode on forgiveness oh my god yeah. we should yeah because i mean forgiveness doesn't mean oh i'll take you back either like it just means that you're you're no longer harboring like that energy connection you're saying this is unacceptable going forward but i forgive you for what you did in the past and i realize that you may have the capacity to be better for someone else it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to your actions. It just means like, I'm going to stop putting like you healing or changing in the driver's seat of my healing, basically. That's a good way to put it. Thank you. But yeah, I've heard people <laughs> say completely different things. I've heard people say, you know, like true forgiveness means that you can like go on with the person mm. or that you don't wish the past was different, um, which I, I don't agree, but I, I yeah. see people saying that. And, you know, for me, I think I can release without forgiving. And so it's just, it's, it's different for everyone. Yeah, and I think you can release just, without forgiving. Yeah. Uh, like and for in, me, that's I more think important. Some senses of the word. Yeah. So I, but, but again, this is it. 
it's just, I think everyone needs to figure out for themselves what they need to move on. And I love that this is what, what helped you. And I think a lot of people are going to really, really love this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you've listened to like last, last week's episode, you probably know, like I, uh, like in some of the classic w- meanings of the word forgiveness, like I've definitely not forgiven my toxic, toxic ex. Yeah. Um, yeah, and same. I don't think you've forgiven your abuser, um, in like some of the ways that people are talking about, but we're also mm-hmm. like detached from those things. Um, Very. like they don't, <laughs> you know, like the only energy they really take up is on this podcast because we bring these things up all the time. Cause we're yeah, talking and I, about it. I mean, that were perfect examples of different interpretations of forgiving, but also what it can mean because we come on here and we talk about it kind of a lot, but I, I know neither of us then spend the rest of the day. Yeah. Upset about it. We we talk about it and then we go on with our, with our day. And for me, that's because I've released it. I, but I, I won't say that I've forgiven because I don't see it that way. But anyways, yeah, I I do think that this would be a very compelling topic for an episode. Yeah. Mm. We, I feel like we need a philosopher on the show with us for that one. You know, see, and I would kind of, I don't know that I completely agree because what, I mean, we totally could, but for me, again, I don't think it takes an, an expert to say what other people should do or feel. Yeah. I know. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to know what everyone else thinks of forgiveness. We got to do like a poll or something or like a question box. That would be a very cool thing to bring to the episode. So yeah, Yeah. please get in touch with us. What does forgiveness mean to you? And your comments may be included in an upcoming X-Files episode. Yay. Awesome. All right. Yes. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem. So number two. Um, and these aren't in any particular order. It actually was mainly me trying to get the numbers to work in Google Docs. Um, so somatic work, this is my like next area of like big exploration. I'm about to start, um, a certification program on somatic attachment therapy. Um, so I am really, really excited. So Coming back end of April, I will probably be doing a lot more content on this. Um, but somatic work can be like breath work, mindfulness, body awareness, um, tapping like EFT. These things are like working with your body to heal what's going on in the mind. Um, so actually, like in terms of nerve pathways, um, of our nerve pathways are efferent. So they go from our brain to our body. And that's kind of how most of us think we're supposed to process things as we rationalize, we think about it in our brain and we expect our body to just kind of like get, get used to it. Yeah. Whereas actually 80% of our nerve pathways are afferent. So they're going from our brain to, or from our body to our brain. So, you know, if you're having trouble, like, you know, you've talked through these things again and again, you just can't, like, you can rationalize it, you can intellectually understand it, but you're still just devastated, you're crying all the time, things are hurting, um, and you're just not seeing the progress that you think you should be having, 
um, maybe it's time to look at ways to start with your body and move towards your brain. Um, so like walking is a, actually a somatic practice if you yeah. really think about it. And this um, is my experience with doing five rhythms. Dance yeah, therapy. five rhythms yes. is somatic. I work. think that that's why I it I turned things around so quickly is because yes. I started going like all the time. Yeah, and I it was yeah rather quickly that I just realized oh wow um yeah I'm feeling so much better I mean I I couldn't I was barely functioning <laughs> yeah <laughs> at one point and then I you know I flipped things around you know yeah. having this vibrant life and feeling feeling really free rather quickly so amazing I'm so mm -hmm. glad I'm yeah. so happy for you mm -hmm. um because I was very much not in my body I was very much suppressing my body yeah um and so some backstory, um, the breakups happened. I was in a terrible headspace. I was in a very much like punish yourself headspace. Um, it's definitely not a place I'd ever like to return to, but I was kind of like life is, is I've already fucked it up enough. So I might as well just, you know, um, keep, keep going <laughs> on that. Um, and was just very much like clenching tight everything. Um, just trying to like suppress my body basically. Um, and like force myself to do things that I really didn't want to do. Like I was dating people I definitely wasn't interested in, um, and was just like, well, it makes them happy and I'm never going to be happy. So it might as well just do this. Um, <sighs> which, I think energetically, the energetics of like sex and love and chemistry, if you're with someone like you're, you know, having sex with someone that you don't like, um, that's really energetic, bad stuff. Um, and when I came out of that chapter, all of the, all of the suppression of my body caught up with me. Um, I started getting like, um UTIs just constantly um what I thought were UTIs um it turned out that they likely were not um and I developed actually an autoimmune disease um of chronic pain I centered around my bladder and uterus and my pelvic floor um, because that was like, I think the main way I was punishing myself was, you know, suppressing what I actually needed as like a, a loving yeah. being, you know, and what like, you wanted as and well, what I wanted going as back well. to the desire practice, you yeah. were completely out of touch with what exactly you were wanting down there. Exactly. And I was just trying to force <sighs> it because I was like, I'm not going to be happy. Let's make this person happy. And like, I feel so much love and care for that past version of myself. And it's, it's upsetting to think about. And it, it, you know, I am still managing a very much better place with managing pain now, but I'm still managing pain from that time. Like I have, yeah. you know, this, this proclivity now for developing pain in that area that, you know, I have to be thinking about my body and actually listening to her and giving her what she wants instead of forcing clenching um you know yeah exactly so 
Um, yeah, <sighs> I love how all of this ties into it, <laughs> it all to ties itself together. with some of my story and building self-trust and, yeah. Had, oh yeah. And now, yeah. like, like you said, managing it, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm. You know? And so a lot of the ticket for me was, you know, I was at like, nine eight or nine or ten <laughs> in the pain like i could barely leave the house um i couldn't you know i couldn't really drive anywhere without bringing like a hot water bottle or something to like put on that area to just try to like keep the pain from being there That's intense and um and at the time like funnily enough it was my mom who was like have you tried breathing exercises? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I am in so much pain right now. Breathing it, that I do all the time every day anyway is not gonna help me. Um, but it actually did. Um, if you struggle with chronic pain, I highly recommend the app Curable. Um, okay. But it, it basically, it, it talks about the clenching and the fear of the pain, increasing the pain and all of these things. So that app really helped me, but that was like my introduction to mindful breathing of like, instead of trying to ignore the pain or squish it down, instead being like, can I just lean into feeling the pain for a minute? Oh my God, I survived that. I can keep doing that. It's kind of like being alone. Um, you don't know you can survive it until you try it. And then you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Um, so, you know, um, another part of that somatic work is um, taking note of what actually relaxes your nervous system. So for me, being um, being in water is like very cool. soothing to my nervous system. Um, I've always loved water and I kind of just like got away from that because it's inconvenient, you know. Um, but now as many baths as I can every week, you know, swimming really grounds me and it just feels like a full body hug or a weighted blanket, a lot like that. But maybe for you, that's gardening. Maybe that's your like special ticket. Like for me, gardening, still wonderful, still amazing, but it's not the like, ooh, that's the spot, you like know, a release. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, mm -hmm. so what is it that releases for you and just actually allows all of your muscles to relax? Like maybe it's playing guitar or humming is actually singing or humming or chanting that actually um, vibrates the vagus nerve. And that nerve kind of sends a lot of signals to your nervous system about relaxing. Um, yeah. So huge I, I i'm so excited about this and i think you know one of one of the things that motivates me as a coach is helping people process things in a healthy way instead of punishing themselves or clenching or like forcing themselves into situations um because i know how bad that road can turn out i don't want anyone else to be developing things health issues that are related to stress that you're going through right now yeah I have, you know? I have multiple friends who also ha are, have similar issues because of not processing or dealing with trauma. Yeah. So that's such a good tip. Thank you. <laughs> um, my third tip kind of, uh, kind of builds on this, but takes it like a level 
a level up um a little bit outside of the body and more into like our energetic field and i think some of this might be woo woo for people but if you have any part of you that's like hmm i wonder if i should try energy work or i wonder if i should try reiki that made such a difference for me that really like when i was working on my like pain that I, you know, basically read as synonymous with stress. Um, like that really took me from, you know, I had gotten myself down to like maybe a four. Um, that really took me from that and just like instantly Reiki, like I had two Reiki sessions and one like energy healing session. And I, I'm ever since then, I've been down at like a one one to two on bad days, you know? Um, so it's, it's incredible. If you feel like trying that, I highly recommend it. I don't think it will help people who are like, this is bullshit. And then they yeah, go I was going to say uh, a lot of people have <laughs> resistance to energy work. Yeah. And I think I would say definitely try it, but you do have to have you know, yeah. a beginner's mind and a yeah. little bit of open to it and be open to it. And then I, I would say, even if you're resistant, just go check it out. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like for me, my first Reiki session, um, I told the healer absolutely nothing. Um, she knew nothing of my history. She knew nothing of my pain. Um, I just walked in and was like, I've felt like trying this. And I laid down on the table and she did like a quick body scan of me. And she's like, her hand hovered. My eyes were closed. I was not cueing her in any way. I could not feel where her hands were over. I had no <laughs> idea. Um, and she, her um, she's like, oh, I feel like a lot of stuff like stuck down here. And I like opened my eyes and her hand was hovering exactly where all of my pain is. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's just like, yeah, there's just like a bundle of stuff down here. Like, is, are you feeling anything down here? Like, cause this is a lot. And I'm like, ha, so funny you would ask. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really crazy. So if you feel like trying it, definitely try it. And then my fourth and final one, because, you know, walking came earlier. Um, Bubbled up there. Yeah. Is the embodiment guide. So this is a tool I used with, um, my clients that I work with long-term. So if we do a single session, we really don't have the time to really dive into this because we're focusing more on like the breakup, the actual, you know, mm -hmm. like the things happening right now. And this is very much like setting you up for the future sort of exercise, but I have mine right here. Um, I try to read it every day. Um, you should read it every day. I might We're not. all doing our best here. We're all doing our best. Um, <laughs> For sure. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. So the embodiment guide. Um, before I explain like what it is, um, just like an overview, like obviously if you are called to do this and you'd like to, like you should let me know and we should book a session so we can like dive into it deeper. Um, but basically in your brain, there's this thing called the reticular activating system. And so this is the gatekeeper of information that um, is let into your conscious mind. And ultimately, what is let into your conscious mind affects how you perceive the world. So mm -hmm. 
your RAS decides what is important and what is safe to ignore based on your core beliefs. So the human brain takes in about 11 million bits of information every second. You obviously cannot be consciously aware of that much. You're actually only consciously aware of about 40 bits of information per second. And that's coming from your smell and your sight and your feeling and your like your tingly spidey senses and like all of these things. Um, So those 11 million bits of information has to be turned into 40 bits of information somehow. So how your RES does that is by generalizing, distorting, or just flat out deleting a lot of it. Um, And that is done in our subconscious or RES. Um, So what it uses as like its manual for these decisions on what to delete, distort, or generalize is our core beliefs. This is where things like confirmation bias come from. Um, And the thing is, is most people, their whole lives, like never question their core beliefs. And so they always live in the same world. They're always finding proof of their beliefs. Yes. Um, But doing exercises like the embodiment guide, doing repetitive things that just really lock in new beliefs can start to change how you perceive the world. So the embodiment guide helps reprogram your subconscious and slowly make that shift towards becoming the person you want to be, becoming Mm. your highest self. So um, this all brings it in together in a daily exercise of reading, or you can record yourself saying it so you can listen. If If you know you're an audio learner, you're listening to a podcast, chances are that could be a really good route for you. Um, and it's compromised of several different ways that ideas can be communicated. So then the information is entering your brain through lots of different pathways. Um, and it's daily. So over time, your brain is like, oh, I keep getting the same information every day. So I, I should start to use this as part of my reticular activating system manual. <laughs> um, so like it goes through several different things. So you like list out character traits that you want to be. So for me, like optimistic, disciplined is in there. Um, And then it has you actually write out what you would like your new beliefs to be. So for me, everything is figure outable. I'm highly intelligent and I will find the answer to any roadblock I encounter. Um, And that's definitely served us with the podcast. And you just envision yourself acting and being in this way. Like when I say that statement, I think of various circumstances that have now happened. But at first, maybe I didn't have proof that everything was figure outable and that I would figure things out. Instead, I was thinking of like, wow, this is a situation that I might run into. This is how I would act and I would figure things out. And you're like envisioning that. And then you also uh, have like a section on your role models. Um, So modeling is huge. Sometimes like by watching someone else be the thing that we want to be, we learn how to be it. Um, That doesn't have to be like this whole person, everything about them is what you want to be. You can just pick out a certain aspect. So my girl Taylor Swift, she's disciplined and creative. I want to embody those things as well. My dad is gritty, hardworking, giving. I want to embody those things. 
Um, and then we also, uh, we bring the message in with storytelling. So we write a bio of what we want to be, who we want to be, what we want to do with our lives as if it's already happened. And so every day we're like, wow, this has happened. This has happened. This has happened. Um, you list your goals out. So some people like lists more than stories. Um, and also there's a little bit of a vision board portion. So you have like pictures of your goals or pictures that bring up the feelings that you want to feel. Um, so, you know, you, you, you've got the visuals, you've got the audio. If you read it to yourself, you've got role models, you've got storytelling lists, you've got character traits, you've got new beliefs all written out all in one place. And you're giving that as food to your brain every morning. Um, and like I, this, I made, uh, January of last year. And a lot of the things in this have come true. I um, believe it. Yeah. So that is, sounds like a very, very holistic approach to yeah. rewiring some, um, yeah, core beliefs that are holding you back in life. Yeah. And yeah, just thank you. reality, you know, it's all there anyway. You it's just true. aren't perceiving it perhaps. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's it for me. What do you guys think? <laughs> that, that, was, that was cool. Thank you so much for sharing, Claire. I, um, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm, I'm sure that that would be especially effective for people going through breakups. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of our healing practices? We would love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know. And as always, send us a screenshot of your review and we will be in touch in the mail with something special for you. A sticker. <laughs> it means so much to us. And it also makes us more visible to other people who can benefit from X-Files mm -hmm. in the same way that we hope that you have today and, and in the past. Yeah. And if you want more support, you can join our online community on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On, or DM us about coaching. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for everything you, you shared, Claire. And we'll be back next week with more X-Files fun and support. Awesome. See you guys then. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on the podcast or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, Find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.